Welcome to the Thundercast, your martial athletics podcast produced by the fans, for the fans, with your hosts, Russ Livingood and KD Hudnall. We're bringing you the thundering word on the thundering herd each and every week. So keep it right here. The Thundercast is on the loose. Thanks for downloading another episode of the Thundercast. You can follow us on Twitter at Thundercast underscore pod. Give us a like on Facebook. All the links to our social medias are in the descriptions of the episodes. But particularly, go over to the Thundercast YouTube channel and subscribe on YouTube so you don't miss any of the YouTube exclusive content. As you can see, we've got a little bit of a different setup. I'm on the road this week, headed up to Huntington to watch the game. So I'm in Huntington with Russ. So we got a little bit of a different setup this week. But hey, it ain't going to change the way we bring you some content. Russ, it was a busy, busy weekend for Herd Athletics, a very accomplished weekend for Herd Athletics. Several of our teams were on the field to play. Lots of wins, lots of personal accolades, and we got a great five things. So give me five things every Herd fan needs to know this week. Yeah, five things every Herd fan needs to know this week. As always, brought to you by Ignite Link, the Tri-State's premier IT management team. Number one. Marshall has announced the All-M campaign officially. It happened at uh, the Culinary Playbook on August 29th over at Christopher's Eats. And this is a $70 million campaign. Initial thoughts before we discuss it? That's a big number, right? But that, that's, what, that's what we need to compete in this world of modern collegiate athletics. If we want to rise to the next level uh, like we all want to do, then it's going to take these type of capital fundraising projects, these large numbers to get us there. And really, you've seen some of the things already, some of the changes that have taken place. Mm -hmm. And that stuff ain't free, man. It's not. So we can't want something for nothing. I think that's going to be one of my new things that I catch myself saying all the time. Because uh, we, if we want these nice things, if we want to compete on the levels we want to compete, if we want to start bringing home more and more championships, we're going to have to pay to do it. And it's going to take all of us, man. Yeah, so let's break this down a little bit. It's going to be 18 sports, all 18 facets of the athletic department. And it's $70 million. That's not this year. It's a five-year campaign. Uh, so I did a little math, broke it down a little bit. I talked to you about this. Uh, I just want everyone to hear this. It's $70 million divided by five. That means you've got $14 million a year. That is the goal that you're trying to reach. And let's say that we had 50,000 people close to the uh, number of population that we have in Huntington. But when you're talking about current students, alums, uh, doesn't matter if you live in Huntington, if you live in Charleston, if you live states away, alumni, uh, people that want to donate to this per year, $280 if you got 50,000 people to do it would get you the $14 million a year. So if all of us just contributed a little. That is not even 25 bucks a month, but $280. If you could come up with it, you would be doing your part for this $14 million a year, $70 million project. And I'm talking about um, improvements to the uh, football stadium. Mm -hmm. We're talking improvements. I mean, it's every sport, but I mean, come on. We're talking right now, uh, just run down the list. More for the baseball stadium, the Golixson Pathway Project. Both of those have had a lot done already. 
Jones C. Edwards Stadium seating upgrades, scoreboards, football. You're already seeing some of that. Baseball, softball, soccer, fuel stations for student athletes. We got some of that already. Outdoor track. That is huge for us in the Sun Belt. Soccer facility upgrades. They're a top five team right now as we speak in the country. Sports Performance Center, weight rooms, tennis complex, natatorium, guy and gun. Guy and Country Club facility indoor hitting area, external offices, and endowments. Guys, game changer. They've got the blueprint. They just need us to help out. Yeah, and let me put that into a little bit more context. You use the number 50,000 of us, right? Because mm -hmm. that's a nice number when you talk about the population of Huntington. Marshall's football Twitter account alone has over 74,000 followers, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I know not all those are herd fans yeah. and everything, but let's just put some context to these numbers. And you can break that down even further. You've talked about the, you know, 280 but less than $300 a year. So you're looking at like 25 bucks a month if you do the math or whatever you want to look at. Sure, right? sure. But personally, if you're like me, it's like, well, I don't want to do a monthly bill. I'd rather just write one $300 check and be done with it. So if that's something you're like, well, I didn't think it would, I didn't know it was that, you know, small of a number. I can probably swing 300 bucks. Yeah. Then I think you might want to see if you can do, I think, it's something that we'll do, right? Mm -hmm. As the, as the podcast, it's something that we'll do individually. Mm -hmm. So of course, we always try to do our part. You know, guys, if you're listening to us and have been listening to us, you know we're not going to tell you to do something that we're not going to do. Mm -hmm. We're not going to say, "Hey, you should contribute here," and we don't contribute. We we are always going to put our money where our mouths are, and this is just the next thing that needs our attention because it's not just a football thing. It's not just a baseball thing. It's a martial athletics thing. And to already see some of those things already out there, this should just show you that th these things are actually happening. Yeah. It, it's not like a pipe dream. And it's transformational for the entire athletic department. Some of these sports, you know, I saw a uh, uh, cross country coach was like, Hey, please, when this was announced, please consider giving to this Yeah, because that outdoor track, what it would mean for this program. This is not just football. And we say, Hey, we're putting all this into football. Obviously football is the most popular here, but you might be a fan of the golf team and say, what would it mean for them to have an indoor hitting area that they could do? What would it help with their game? So Please, we, we had the vision campaign, we had the Herd Rises program, and now we have All M. All we are wanting to know is, are you All M? That's right. And you can donate to this. They have a website up. It's, of course, weareallm.com. We'll have a link to it in the description of the episodes and probably all of the episodes moving forward because we want to make it really easy for, for people to get involved with the big green and the thunder trust and the kids club and buying tickets and all of that stuff. And this is just that next thing. So what a great way to start out five things, man. Yeah. Huge. Number two, KD, stop me if you've heard this <laughs> name on the show, Abby Herring <laughs> wins the Virginia tech invitational. Yeah. It was Ab the 4k event. Abby the great is back doing Abby type things. Um, you know, we made the joke that she said, Last season, I, I promise. But then you come right out and you take an event. And uh, it was in pretty convincing fashion. I don't know if you've got the... Uh, I have the, the numbers. <laughs> and let, pretty convincing doesn't do it for me. I need a better superlative than that. Uh, let's just say uh, these two, two uh, points here on the time. The Parkersburg native won by nearly a full 30 seconds in this 4K. <laughs> that is crazy to me. 
Uh, also, her previous 4K best was 14 minutes, 41 seconds. Well, she did it in a full 50 seconds uh, cleaner. Yeah. 13 minutes, 51 seconds, 4K, blowing not only the competition uh, that she was running with out of the water, blew her record that for her personal best out of the water as well. And if you know, it's not uncharted territory for her. She no. was setting and re-breaking yeah. her own records we last about year. It's <laughs> just a great, this is one of the most entertaining athletes to follow, yeah. right? And I don't mean that like, she puts a bunch of social media content right. out. It's just the career. It's, yeah. you know, because it, she's just one of those, she's very, like, she's not a social media personality that I know. She's very quiet. She just goes and runs and dominates. And I think it's so cool. I, I still, for the life of me, how we have done this show for over a year and a half, talked about her a million times. And at some point, our paths have not crossed. Yeah. With all of the uh, accomplishment and accolade that, that she's brought to the herd athletic department. Abby, when you're done running for Marshall competitively, we want you on the show. <laughs> yeah. So you can uh, talk to us about all these accolades that we keep getting to tell everyone that you're doing. Yeah. Um, number three. Oh, and by the way, we're also in, went around the herd. We'll talk more about sure. that Virginia Tech Invitational meet. Number three, Tavion Kenzie signs with the Utah Jazz. I don't know if anybody didn't see that one coming. Yeah. You know, a great summer league. Uh, he he had a really productive TBT with the mm -hmm. Herd That Squad. Uh, just one of the most athletic guys, I think, kind of in the basketball world. Yeah. He's going to get this. The whole rap about him being a leaper is going to come back around full circle because it's in front of a bunch of new audiences in the NBA and stuff like that. But we know what Tavion is. He's oh, yeah. far more than a yeah. jumper. He's far more than a dunker. He's a really great all-around basketball player, and it surprises me zero percent that he has been signed by the jazz he improved his game every year that he was here i feel like he also improved his maturity which was already a, at a high level when he came here i don't mean that you know well he had to work some things out it's just natural when you go from freshman to senior and taking on a more leadership sure. role the team you know it's a natural progression but uh this is a very well-spoken young man this is a uh a, a guy that cares about this school, this program, imagine where he could have gone. You know, he had offers. He could have gone elsewhere once he was here in this transfer portal world that we are in. He stayed here. He made a commitment to this school. And I, for one, think that he is the modern ambassador. I love John Elmore to death. But right now, this is a current NBA player on a program He's our, our face of the program right now for this uh, Marshall basketball until the next guy comes up, right? Well, even maybe through that. Because yeah, maybe, yeah. Let's just look. Let's just use an example in football, for example. How long was Vinnie Curry that guy? And he still is yeah. to a big degree. Yeah. And there were guys that came through, played at a high level, went on in right. the NFL, and Vinnie still held on to that, and he sure. still does. Right. You know, so Tavion could be that next guy too. Yeah. But I got to tell you, man, you said he made a commitment to Marshall. It wasn't just that he made the commitment to Marshall. He kept, he kept the yeah. commitment to Marshall well, and stayed here. I, I meant that he made the commitment once he was here. Yeah. But same same thing, different words. But, yeah, love Tavion, all the accolades. Uh, I love to see him getting this opportunity, which we expect fully. Yep. yep. All right, number four, the football program picks up its 600th collegiate win. I know. I didn't even – 
see that coming. Well, they they had talked about it a little bit. It was in the game notes, but they had talked about it a little bit in the uh, media the week uh, moving forward. And you know, uh, one of the things is uh, this is not their 600th program win at 600 collegiate because programs used to be in the late 1800s. You know, they didn't travel all across the country to yeah. play each other, so they played more locally and that sort of thing. Uh, clubs, groups, YMCA's, things like that. Uh, football was a lot different back then in yeah. 1893. I don't think they had the air raid offense. <laughs> no, I don't even think. Well, as fact, I know the forward pass wasn't even yeah, a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, 600, pretty good number. Yeah, no, that was one of these things that I'm glad I didn't know about right. because that was a nice little cherry on top at the end of a, you know, a, a, a rather, well, we'll get into what the game was in a little sure. bit, but that was a nice little accolade to have at the end of that. That was just a cool little thing to, to top off the evening. Yeah, yeah, next, 650. I want to hit 650. I want to do it in five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. who doesn't? Hell yeah. All right, so number five to end us up, the Kentucky Mash Boys showed up and showed out if you were at our tailgate, you know exactly what we're talking about. If you weren't and you saw pictures, you still know what we're talking about. If you didn't see the photos and you weren't at our tailgate, maybe the next time they come to town, you'll, you'll be enticed to come over. Thoughts on that tailgate? I mean, I would, I've been looking forward to this since the spring weekend, yeah. really. As soon as the spring weekend was over, it was like, okay, when's the next time we're going to do something like this? And they just never disappoint, man. Yeah. They bring their A game every time, and and you know we we at, we invite we have an open invite for anybody that wants to come by. Like you don't have to come by and hang out for two hours. Yeah. You can if you want. We had to go plates, and uh, some of the parking attendants there from the uh, Marshall ROTC program came over, and they were trying to be unapologetic, apologetic, not unapologetic. They were coming over, and you know, someone told me I could come. Me, over. well, I, but there <laughs> there were other people. You know, uh, but they're like, someone told me I could come over, and we're like, you don't have to be shy. Man. Yeah. Grab a plate. Uh, we had a couple people from the facilities crew, hard working crew, uh, game day for them. Think of how much you enjoy game day. Game day for them is sometimes an eight to 12 hour day of work before the game, after the game, during the game, that sort mm -hmm. of thing. They were able to come over, grab a quick plate. Uh, we have an open invite, like, like KD said. Yeah, it, as these guys, the ROTC guys, were parking cars, checking passes, you know, I would, you guys need water, you good? Because it was freaking hot. Oh, if you yeah. were out there, you know it was freaking hot. Yeah. So, you know, those guys are out there working. I wanted to make sure they had plenty to stay hydrated, and I told them all, like, hey, you don't have to ask. You don't have to make sure it's okay. It's okay. Walk over, get as much food as you want, get what you need to drink, and go back to work. If you get hungry again, come out and get more food, right? And one of those guys – uh, was on the football team previously, so he had already listened to our show quite a bit or watched cool. our show. So we talked about that briefly. But yes, open invite. Uh, we have the Virginia Tech game coming up is our next tailgate. We will not have the Kentucky Mash Boys there as a group, but we're working on a little something that maybe part of the Kentucky Mash Boys will be there. More to come on that as the weeks come in, but. We tailgate probably harder than anybody else does. Well, we were out there as early as we could possibly be. The day before. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So, uh, yes, we, we try really hard to get set up early in case there's early comers or late comers. Everybody yeah. has an opportunity to get their hands on some of that Kentucky Mash Boys food and, 
and and have an opportunity just to chill and take yeah. it easy for a minute and talk about the herd and enjoy the day. So when we tell you, hey, come over, you don't have to think twice about it. Come yeah. over, have a good time. You know, there's no obligation. There's no cost. There's no nothing. Just yeah, come and have a good time. Don't be shy. And when we say, hey, there's plenty of food, there is plenty of food. Yes. I do not know a stranger. So I feel I'm the type of guy that I feel like if I've met you once, we've been friends basically 20 years. So that's the kind of vibe that Russ and I both try to carry at not just tailgates, but basically everywhere we go within our interactions. So please always feel welcome. Opposing fans as well. Feel feel welcome at at the all Thundercast tailgates, no matter if the Kentucky Mash Boys are there or not. Yeah. But if they are there, you can guarantee you're going to have some top tier food. Russ, what an amazingly awesome freaking five things. Right. Um mm -hmm. But the, I guess the main focus of the weekend, in spite of volleyball matches and both soccer teams playing and a, and a Virginia Tech Invitational, is we had the home opener this week at the June. Yeah. And we had talked about it coming in, and we actually had Thundercast Live where we talked about it a little bit. We'll talk about Thundercast Live a little bit probably later on. But uh, we got to get into this game because mixed emotions for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Deservedly so, yeah. rightfully so. Uh -huh. Right. Uh, you, you, Famous, famously predicted a massive blowout, right? Massive. And I did not see it that way, and I had my own reasons. It wasn't because of the quality of teams necessarily or anything. Mm -hmm. It was more a strategic thing for me. Sure. But um, it didn't play out the way really either of us saw it. Yeah, but let's talk about that real yeah. quick because uh, each of us do our predictions differently. Yeah. And mine, which I always own, you never have to worry about me making any kind of excuse. If I'm wrong, I'll just tell you I was wrong. And I could not have been more wrong about what I predicted. Uh, I predicted that we were going to come out and try to get this uh, uh, firing on all cylinders offense and everything. But it was a matchup uh, situation for me. And that's the way I do most of mine is matchup. Last year, I predicted Notre Dame to the points it was just i predicted 28 to 23 and it was 26 to 21 but uh for me it's all on the matchups it's all on uh, what we're trying to accomplish and that sort of thing i was wrong i will always admit that but it does not change anything where i said well in hindsight you know i should have done this because nothing changed it was all about the execution various different things which we're going to talk about during this recap and I want to preface before you talk about yours, I just want to preface too that what I have put on Twitter about what we're going to discuss here about the quarterback uh, play perception versus reality, that doesn't mean that I'm giving a free pass to Marshall uh, only beating Albany by 21 or 21 17 by four points. No one's saying, hey, this was a 100% perfect game. You will not hear us say that. You'll see it reflected in our grades. You'll hear us in the discussion talking about this. We're just saying, yes, everyone's upset with the 21 to 7. Everyone has a right to be upset with the 21 to 7. The coaches, the players, the fans, everyone. But the blame is not where some people were putting it. And that was what we'll be talking about. That's today. right. It's right. I mean, it didn't go well for the herd sure, right. for 40 game time minutes or maybe a little bit more. I don't know exactly what it was, but. Look, man, it wasn't very fun sitting in Jones Edwards Stadium. Now, the experience was pretty cool. The new video board was awesome. I love the new pyrotechnics that we had going on. The green smoke and, and the flames coming out in the entrance, that was all really super cool and some nice added touches. Mm -hmm. 
that's all stuff we'll get into later. But as far as the gameplay, it wasn't very exciting for us for a while. And nobody was really digging it. And I'm not going to pretend like I was because it was not fun. But at the end of the day, you still get the win. And and it, it depends on how you look at that. If you look at that and you say, well, Marshall only beat this FCS team by four points, they're obviously not that good. Okay, well, that's the way you look at it. And, you know, I, I can tend to look at it and say, well, look, things did not go our way, and we battled, and we were able to fix some things and still get the win. So, to me, that's something you build off of, right? That's something you know you're able yeah. to do. You can, you can. You not- said hit adversity earlier when we were talking, or maybe even on uh, Twitter you put that. We, we had adversity. We were down. We called back and we pulled out a victory where we easily could have lost that game. Sure. So that is something you can build on. Absolutely. And and it was still not <clears throat> over until literally it was over right. because, you know, we, you get the blocked field goal and yes. you're thinking, oh, my gosh, this, you, they got two and a half minutes to go down. They get a touchdown. This one's basically over, right? So let's get into it. 21 to 17, the Herds 1 and 0. That's really all that matters. All these other stats and everything we're going to talk about, which is fun to talk about, that's the only stat that matters. And I think uh, this is an appropriate place to talk about where Doug Chapman had uh, yep. put on there, and we're talking about the 1998 Marshall football team when Doug put on Twitter. You can find this tweet if you go and look at his replies. Uh, opened up with Wofford. We were at that game, mm-hmm. and – we were top 25. I think we were ranked actually 25th. And we welcome in Wofford, the Wofford Terriers. And we nearly lost that game. Danny Derricott with an interception. Blocked field goal. A blocked field goal. Yeah, it was a different, different thing. Even scarier thing to need. A blocked field goal to, to save the game. I think I'm thinking about the Roberto Terrell uh, interception to ice a different game. But, uh, yeah, the, uh, the blocked field goal – at the end, and we went on to a 12 and one record and annihilated Louisville in the bowl game mm-hmm. and ended up ranked and everything. And what did we do at 99? Yeah, we ran the table 13 and 0. That's right. And, and of course, nobody's sitting here saying that's exactly what's going to happen. Sure. But what I'm saying is, you can't let an effort like this just define your team for the right. year. Like, as a fan, you can't be like, well, they're obviously, yeah, terrible. so yeah. That's just that's the, that's what we're getting at because if you go back and you look at that '98 team, nobody's saying they were terrible, no. and they took it took a blocked field goal. You know, yeah. at least Albany still would have had to drive all the way down the field and score the touchdown yeah. in order to beat the herd. Yeah, a field goal does them no good, right? They yeah. would have had to find the end zone. But still, let's talk about some of the stats from this game: total yards, time of possession, first downs, turnovers, and third downs. The big five. Last year it was the big four. I went ahead and added in third downs because that's such a vital part of the game that we talk about anyway. Total yards. Heard gets the edge here. 413 yards to 300 total yards for Albany. Time of possession, though. Albany goes plus, almost plus 11 minutes. 35 minutes, 9 seconds for Albany. 24-51 for the Herd. First downs, Marshall gets the edge 21 to 19. Turnovers, Albany gets the edge 1 to nothing. Third downs, Albany gets the edge, but neither team was really good. Albany just four of 16 on third down, but that's better than Marshall's one of 10. That one will have to get fixed, and that's a point of emphasis that was brought up over and over on social media, and it was one of those things where it seemed like many fans were aiming that directly at the quarterback, and that was not a quarterback-only stat. We'll talk about it. That's not how third downs work. Yes, but we'll talk about that. 
just a quick couple of bullet points. I'll get your bird's eye view, and then we'll get into the actual stats. First thing you got to say is it was an absolutely perfect day for football. Otherwise, mm -hmm. other than being a little hot. Hot during the tailgate, hot during the first little bit after the clock started. It cooled down considerably on my side where I was sitting. Uh, we had the benefit of the shade from the press box and everything. Uh, don't know how the east side was going, but uh, I was lobster red from the tailgate and <laughs> Thundercast Live powered by Nightlink. But uh wasn't bad after the game started, man. It was perfect football weather. Yeah, it was It was a little hot during the tailgate. I'm not going to lie. And yeah. I, you know, I had come up from Florida the day before, and I was even complaining about the heat because it was just flat freaking hot. Yeah. But – we also had a debut of a new video board, which looked really nice. Mm -hmm. um, there's, you know, you have to get through a game with a, get the acoustics down with a crowd in there and you right. got to see how things sound. So you'll yeah. expect a little fine tuning sure. of audio levels and directionality and things like that. But for overall, that new video board looks sweet. Uh, the, 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 and real quick, still, uh, according to uh, the athletics department, still have about two weeks of stuff that they have to do it, they got it ready for this game and everything but to get it actual finished product two more weeks will be 100 percent ready to go for the next game yeah it's going to be awesome when it gets all dialed in uh crowd dude over 25k at the opener which was a larger crowd than last year mm -hmm. so you can tell that the people are actually uh buying into the excitement of yeah. this team they're buying into the um the direction of the of the uh, athletic department focusing more on the fan and the fan experience. The numbers say it. More people turned out this year than last year. Uh, the only downside, I guess, you've got to talk about is the actual game. Mm -hmm. You know, and because you go in with all this momentum, everybody's jacked up and and they're energetic and they're happy. And then I'm just going to fast forward real quick for a couple of data points, and then we'll go into your bird's eye view. It's three to nothing at halftime, and Albany's got the lead. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, and they're, they're getting the ball in the second. Right. Half. And then they're coming out, getting the ball. But the herd rattles off three straight touchdown drives. We'll talk about all that. But overall, just the beginnings of the game, everything was really great. The, the tailgate atmosphere was awesome. The game day atmosphere yeah. was awesome. Uh, several really great We Are Marshall chants throughout the game, including really, really late in the fourth when we needed to get some extra mo going for our guys and they made the plays for us. Uh, how about a bird's eye view just real quick before we get into how our guys did? Bird's eye view was uh, that was a miserable game for me to sit through uh, as far as, I mean, you got to understand, I'm expecting 66 to 7. <laughs> yeah. 66 to 7. I know. And we weren't near that. No. I told everyone at halftime I thought we could still pull it off, but. 66 and a half, I don't know. <laughs> uh, joking, obviously. But, uh, yeah, so bird's eye view for me is uh, we came out and uh, first play of the game, 73 yards, brought back by a uh, holding penalty. That holding call would not have changed that. It was a clear holding call. Yeah, uh, They got it right. It would not have changed. I think we still would have had Ali take it to the house. And that set the tone for the first half for how flat it was. And I've got some more stuff from there, but that's just the bird's eye view. We came out, we were rocking and rolling. That lane, you could have driven a bus through for him to go through there. And once he hit that, he got into the second level. He hit his second gear. He was gone. He was celebrating. He was excited. 
This was exactly what I was predicting. This is exactly not just for the score, uh, because I felt like we were going to score early. We were going to score often, and but it was going to be a Rasheen Ali come out party, even though he already had his breakout in 2021. Yeah. It was the I'm back and this. And it went downhill because of that holding penalty and then what happened after. Yeah, and if you listen to Huff's post-game uh, conference press conference, he said, uh, you know, how about – they asked him, how about Ali taking the first play from scrimmage to the house? He said, worst thing that could have happened because these guys have been hearing all offseason how good they are, how great they are, how they're going to dominate and blah, 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 blah. And he said – and then you come out in first play from scrimmage and you go 73 yards to the house, it's the worst thing could have happened. Yeah. So they needed that. He said they needed that – they needed to be humble. Yeah. And boy, they got humbled. You know, they couldn't get anything going. It took sure. a while, and it was it was a little unsettling. So, these are lessons that the average fan, you know, don't want to pay attention to. They're like, well, they were just stagnant. They're obviously not that good. But yeah. if these are the things that pay you dividends when you're trying to cut through the gauntlet of the Sun Belt East, then yeah. I'm glad that happened. Sure, right. Yeah. So, otherwise, it was a pretty productive day. You said the. Uh, Rasheen Ali coming out party. Well, he still made that run. It still happened. It just didn't count on the scoreboard. Right. And he still went for over a buck 30. So yeah. you're, you're pushing two bills. You're over two bills if, if that run stays on the board. So the coming out party still very much occurred. Let's start with Cam, though, because Cam Fancher was the talk of most or was the, the subject of most of the talk in the offseason, uh, as quarterbacks usually are. Uh, he come out and had a really efficient productive day. Mm -hmm. I thought he moved the ball really well. He goes 28 to 35 for 268. Uh, that's one touchdown and one interception. He had another five carries for 16 yards to the good. Uh, that was just those 7.7 yards for completion. I think that's what some people are pointing to as like, well, we can't get it done with this, but whatever. We'll talk about that later. Rasheen Ali, 18 carries for a buck 37, two, touch two touchdowns on the ground, including a Clutch touchdown on a fourth and one that went uh, 13 yards to the house. 7.6 yards per carry. His long was 31 yards, which was also a touchdown run. And he did have one fumble. Of course, that occurred on a pass on a third down that went out of bounds. So it wasn't a lost fumble, but it was a, lumble, a fumble. Chuck Montgomery has a great day, leads the team through the air in yards and he finds the end zone six catches for 81 yards and a touchdown Cade Conley has the big coming out party newcomer transfer from central Michigan uh tight end seven catches leads the herd for 79 yards including the biggest pass play of the day a 27 yard laser beam from Cam Fancher on one of those quick uh touchdown drives three play drive all in all Cam hits eight different receivers but I guess the big thing a lot of fans are gonna again hang their hat on and they're not wrong. There were just two chunk plays, and a chunk play for me is something that goes 20-plus yards. Now, Chuck Montgomery had a catch of 19, so, so it was right there, but just two technically chunk plays, and I think that's the explosiveness from the offense that people wanted to see. So, Russ, what about our guys on this offensive side of the ball? Well, so – Cade Conley, that was a great surprise. Wasn't it, though? Yeah. Uh, and I'm not just talking about his receptions. If you look, he had some key blocks. Uh, he uh, had the uh, block on the 30-yard uh, touchdown, I believe. He had a really good block on there. He had a great block on the 73-yarder that got called back. He was downfield blocking. He was uh, uh, over for an out route. He was over the middle. Uh, he had the seam route going uh, down the uh, – uh, middle for the 27 yarder. Uh, 
he was all over the place. He was yeah. in motion. He did everything that you would want out of a tight end during a game. Great surprise for me. Cam Fancher, solid, solid, solid game. I'm not saying it was spectacular. I'm not saying that it looked like Byron Leftwich in 2002. No one's saying that. He completed 80% of his passes. He got the ball to the receivers where they needed it for mm -hmm. them to make plays. There were no uh, – besides the two, I'm talking about his completions. There were no – this had to be an acrobatic catch. This had to be that. He hit uh, some people in stride. Uh, I, I keep seeing someone right now saying that he didn't. He only threw the ball twice longer than five yards. Go back and watch the game, guys. We did. Yeah, we did. Yes, we went back and watched the game. Uh, trust me, when I go back and watch the game, because this was a hot button item for me, I charted the quarterback throws. So don't let your perception argue with the reality. Uh, I put a, a long tweet thread about that and. I'm telling you, go back and watch the game. It's on ESPN+. Plus. If you watched it live in the stadium, you might be surprised about what you saw. If you watched it on ESPN+, Plus for the first time, go back and see what you missed. Because the only thing is the 27-yarder, they don't show his laser beam, like you said, of a pass. And it... it guys, he had a great game. Yeah, in particular, I want to talk about the one that was another reception by Conley, mm -hmm. it was a rollout. He throws a, a ball in between two defenders. Conley has to slide in and make the catch. Unbelievable throw. Only, Unbelievable only place catch. he could put it for a guy yeah. to catch it and not be defended by the, yeah. the two that yeah. were on it. I mean, that's a that's a pro throw. And, of course, a lot of folks are going to say, well, look, we ran screen plays, short pass. And we did. We did. That, but, that but, play, he was also rolling out, not just by design, but because he nearly got Under sacked. duress. Yeah, they, yes. they had him dead to rights on several times. He had zero sacks, by the way, and this is what he brings to the table to be able to do that. He did not tuck and run uh, very much. When he was in this, his eyes were upfield the entire time. He was looking for an open receiver, and he hit them diving on the run. Yep. He was on the run. The receiver's on the run. He hits it right there. Attack. And there's two defenders closing right the window. Yep. Closing the window. It was a great throw. It was a great play. And yes, there were a lot of short passes. Nobody's arguing that there weren't. But when that you was have the play call. but when you have playmakers like Chuck Montgomery, Caleb Coombs, you, you want to get those guys the ball in space. Were they productive plays? Yes, they were. They were By and large, plays. they were productive plays. Were they better than what we were getting at the time because <laughs> they had eight people in the box, sometimes nine people in the box? Was yep. it better than what we were getting off the run? Yes. Yes. So these were what we needed to do to win the game. Now, I'm not an offensive coordinator. I'm not a head coach. I didn't play past Little League in football. I do kind of know a little bit about what I see from the eye test and things like that even if I don't know all the schematics and things like that. But I do know what is working and what is not. And what they were doing was working. It was fast. It was efficient. Go back on ESPN Plus and watch our three touchdown drives. We went 65 yards back-to-back -back on eight plays and then three plays. Mm -hmm. And it was because we did that. Why do you need to risk throwing a 40-yard bomb that could be – I mean, look at the percentages. I, I talked about that the completion percentage average goes way down the further you throw it down the field. Sure. Also, the chances of interceptions go. When you are trying to come back from a 10-point deficit, you don't need to chuck the ball downfield. You need to get one score. That's what we did. You need to come back and get another score. 
That's what we did. We weren't down 35. We didn't need to throw it 60 yards. Right. Well, that's a great point. Let's bring that back up because when we were we were down big and quick last year against Coastal, Cam threw the ball all over the place. He, he 300, 300 yards passing. He beat Grayson McCall during that. He he had the better stat line. One other thing here that we have heard, I heard it in the stands and I saw it all over social media, uh, is, well, that other quarterback. Yeah. Hoffenberger, great. He was good, good at his level. He's a great quarterback. Uh, he outplayed Cam, is what I heard. We should have him on the sideline. That would be a better, better chance. Let's just go over it. The other quarterback, Poffenberger, twenty-two out of thirty-eight for one hundred ninety-four yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions. He did have the long rushing touchdown, which we're going to talk about later. He had eleven passing first downs and one rushing first down. He was sacked seven times. We talked about how elusive he is, and I know we're talking about Marshall's defensive line and linebackers versus you Albany's, but he didn't get away. No, he got away some, but he didn't get away as yeah. much as Cam did. Uh, that also is a great point for our offensive line. Everybody wow. kept saying that the offensive line was that great. We had zero sacks. Mm -hmm. You know, there was only about five times. And again, guys, if they have eight or nine in the box and you're trying to run an RPO. That's on the quarterback. They're getting back to the quarterback the same as they're getting back to them. We had to throw quick passes. Mm -hmm. You don't have three seconds to let's let's take it. We're in the pistol. You can't drop back again and say, all right, let's chuck this 40 yards. This was the game plan that we needed to do to beat this stacked in the box right up on us. We got the ball to our playmakers out in open space. What'd they do? First down, first down, first down, first down. Cam threw for 12 of our 21 first downs that we got, and he ran for another. That's better than what Poffenberger did. Every stat that he had was better than Poffenberger. Yards per attempt was 5.1 to 7.7. And if you do yards per completion, Cam was, I think, one full yard better on that too. So you're you're like, hey, Poffenberger was throwing it downfield. Yeah, he hit the band once, <laughs> you know? And I'm not talking anything bad about this kid. The kid was by far the best player that they had and carried that team and almost beat us. So all, all the accolades should go to this guy as well. But he was not better than Cam Fancher. And if Cam Fancher was throwing and hit the hedges past the grass that says thundering herd, mm -hmm. I wonder what we would have been saying. But everything that I hear is, well, that's the guy we need on our team. Yeah. So, guys, I don't know what game you were watching. I know emotions had a lot to do with it, but I urge you, if you have time, just go fast forward through the commercials. It's on ESPN+. Plus. Go watch the game again. Key in, and especially, yeah, we threw a lot of – it wasn't screen passes. We were throwing out routes, hitch routes, things like that, but there were a lot more than five yards. You're, you're misremembering – or you did not go back and watch the, the film, but there were a lot that were throwing it to the chains. You know, it was an out route to the chains. He had to catch it while he's rolling out of bounds to get the out, uh, you know, uh, to beat the defender and get the first down. We threw the ball downfield. We didn't throw the ball past 15 yards very much, but again, didn't need to also didn't have time to. It's a game plan situation. That's about all I'm going to say about yeah, it. Yeah, and the other thing you've got to take into account for, folks don't want to see these short passes, but the other side of that st strategy is – 
to get that defense spread out a little bit so Rasheen Ali can bust out a 31-yard touchdown. Yeah, what, what happened when we started doing that? Did he start running? Right. Yeah. Things started to fall in place. So all in all, Cam had a great day. 80% completion percentage. I don't care where you're throwing the ball. If it's a productive, positive play, you're going to want 80% from your from your quarterback. Uh, we let we got the balls in the hands of our playmakers and yep. let them make plays. That's exactly what you're supposed to do to win a ball game. And we were able to win one. Was it pretty? No, but it's still a win. Now, when, when when we started doing that, we outscored them 21 to 7 and came back and won the game. Right. And the the one uh score that they had was a little bit of I mean, we sold out, like you said, we yep. sold out on the running back and it just happened at the wrong time. He breaks one tackle, boom, he's gone. If he doesn't break that tackle, we stop well, him on fourth down. If he doesn't pull the ball, that's right. a hurt ball. Yeah. You know? And we I have three guys on the running back. And I would also right. say if that's us running that play and Cam makes that pull, ain't nobody touching him either. Oh, no, so no. it's it's the same thing, right? The defense sold out on the running back. The quarterback pulls and keeps, and he goes 54 yards for the touchdown. Yeah. So, yeah, it looked bad because he was, like, untouched for 45, 50 yards. But, yeah. you know, when you're selling out nine guys on the running back, that, that's going to happen. But speaking about that defense, Owen Porter leads the way for the herd as expected. 12 total tackles, five of those solo, two and a half tackles for loss, and one sack. And perhaps the biggest play defensively of the game was that sack. Occurred on a fourth down to seal the game for the herd. J.J. Uh, Roberts in his herd debut back at home, 10 tackles for those solo. J.C. Anderson and Eli Neal both notched seven tackles apiece each with one of those solo, each with a half a tackle for loss, and Eli Neal adds on a half a sack. Sam Burton, though, how about Sam freaking Burton? I told you that, you know, guys that would be trying to game plan to Owen Porter and take him out of the game, that might leave some opportunities for guys like Sam Burton, and boy, did he capitalize. Four tackles, two solo, two and a half tackles for loss, and two and a half sacks yesterday to lead the herd. I don't know if you saw Steve Cotton. I know we both love Steve Cotton and what he does on Sunday morning. Did you see his tidbit about uh, Sam Burton? Mm -mm, I don't think so. All right, so obviously we talk about Owen Porter and what he's done in his career, and he has 15 career sacks now, mm -hmm. all right? Sam Burton has 14. Wow. Sam Burton has started one game at Marshall, 14 sacks. So he is right behind <laughs> Owen Porter. Guys, that, that blew me away when yeah. I heard that. It's yeah. a great stat by by Steve, which if you're not following Steve Cotton, follow Steve Cotton. Yeah, the the Sunday, you know, after game data dump that he puts on is usually pretty amazing. And you'll pick up some cool tidbits each and every week. But let's talk about impact plays for this whole defense. Ten total tackles for loss. You mentioned it, seven sacks. Only one pass defended, which was a weird stat to me. But when you're chucking it out of bounds, there's not really much to defend. I think that one occurred. In the end zone, it was a great play to, to prevent a touchdown from occurring. Of course, no interceptions, forced fumbles, or fumble recoveries. They did a good job, Albany did, taking care of the football in that capacity. But Marshall's defense just swarmed. I mean, seven sacks, ten tackles for loss. You're swarming. Uh, special teams-wise, Reese Verhoff goes zero of one. And he has his lone field goal attempt blocked, which was unfortunate. That would have pushed us to a – you know, a, a, a two-score game, essentially. Mm -hmm. uh, but he did go three of three on extra points. McConnell punts for four four total punts for a 46-and-a-half-yard average with a booming long of 61 yards. 
you got to like what you see there. There wasn't much going on in the return game. It was nice to see Talit Keaton back there returning punts. I was really hoping we would see that, and we did. He just didn't have an opportunity to really make any decent returns. Um, and kick return was okay. Jaden Harrison had a couple of decent returns, so but nothing – you know, super wave making, no field flipping or anything like that. But you got anything to say about defense or would you just like to go into grades? No. So I do want to say about defense. It was one of those uh, situations. We had a busted coverage uh, that gave up one touchdown. We had the sellout that gave up the other. Uh, we caused them to miss one field goal with the pressure on there and they missed a, a shot and we gave up a field goal. Uh, 17 points, the way Albany was playing and everything. I feel like that's pretty good. Uh, now, was it what I had predicted would have happened? No, you predicted I seven, I think, I 10, maybe something 30, like 34 to 10 or something. Yeah, something like that. So uh, it wasn't bad. Uh, they had, uh, we're, we're going to get into grades, but they had a lot. I mean, they pressured that guy all yeah. game long. I don't have the QB hurry stats, but if I had to imagine, you know, uh, I think, you know, you said we, how many attempts did he have? 38? Well, there, there's how many hurries, you know. Uh, but he did. He, he was he was under pressure the entire time, and uh, that was great effort by the, the guys. We got down. You know, we had a busted coverage that gave us that. If that doesn't happen, and, oh, by the way, go back and watch that. The guy is wide open in the end zone because of the busted coverage. And the quarterback that everyone in the crowd and some people on social media were saying we should have him on our team instead, nearly overthrew the guy <laughs> when he was wide open and there was no pressure on him. He the, the guy had to jump in the end zone and make sure that he got his feet back down, and it almost went out of the end zone. Yeah. It, you could tell that kid had the nerves, man. He sure. was Because Marshall's game plan was we're going to put pressure on this kid and we're going to make him beat us. and. Yeah. And he wasn't able to do that, yeah. right? You get a busted coverage, you have a, a, a wide receiver wide open in the end zone. Well, you better hit that. Yeah, you know, you better be able to hit. He, that. he had a very quick release. He was very slippery. Uh, I give him uh, all the props for what he did, but uh, our defense had him. I mean, guys, he watch how many times he threw it out, like. 15 yards away from anybody that was close. All right, so let's get into grades. Let's start with the quarterback because right. that's the hot-button issue. Sure. Has been all offseason, and I think uh, before we get into this, it was just – it was apparent, like I heard people in the crowd after the first series, you know, we need a change. We need a change. And I, I can't – I just can't get behind that. I, I really can't. So let's talk about Cam. We talked about how efficient he was. Uh, th no, this wasn't a stellar performance. It's not stellar, but yeah. it but it but it was efficient and it was more than enough to win a game. Yeah. If a few breaks go the herd's way as opposed to Albany's way, a missed holding call here, a missed pass interference call there, we're probably singing a little bit of a different tune. So what do you got for Cam this week? All right. So I've got Cam down as a B plus. And uh the points off for that was uh it was a bad decision to throw into triple coverage and um Got the interception, mm -hmm. long interception. Uh, that was really it. He had one other that was uh, in between two different levels. Uh, overthrew uh, one guy, underthrew another. But I think he was throwing to the deeper guy. Um, he just kind of lofted it just a, just a little too much. Yeah. But again, nowhere near where it could get intercepted. Um, I felt like he did, again, zero sacks. He did everything he could. It's just... B plus for me 
mainly because that interception could have really came back to hurt us bad. Mm-hmm. We were rocking and rolling, and uh, it was just a bad decision to throw there. Everything else I have for him was great. Let me tell people again about the, the seven different um, incompletions. The first throw of the game, Chuck Montgomery slips and is not on the timing route where he's supposed to be, and he barely misses the, the reception. Right. The second uh, incompletion, Cam avoids a sack, is rolling out to non-throwing arm side. And he hits a diving Brian Robinson who catches the ball, but when he rolls onto the turf, it comes loose, rolled an incompletion. Uh, he had uh, one that was uh, also non-call pass interference. The, the guy did not turn his helmet. He did not turn his head. Looked like interference to me. That's three of the seven. Mm-hmm. He had two misfires. One was a little bit behind the guy at the goal line uh, where he uh, – if he leads the guy just a little bit more, we talked about that. You're looking at a touchdown right there. Absolute laser of a throw on it too. He was just a little bit behind him. Defensive back was able to be right there and break it up. And then he had one on a crossing route where he just didn't, didn't, uh, he let him a little too much. Mm-hmm. That's not four different passes uh, that were not, uh, I mean, you know, three of the seven, you could say, well, those should have been completions or non-pass plays. So B plus for me, a solid B plus. It's almost an A minus because he did everything that he needed to do to avoid sacks, make more time, put us in a position to win. Yeah, the one you didn't talk about was the one that occurred on a fourth down. And you, you know, you everybody is probably saying, well, it's fourth and one. Why are we throwing the ball in that situation? That was but, the one to the goal line. Oh, okay. Never yeah. mind. But what I was saying is, you know, you don't know what that call is and I mentioned this on the post game spaces you might get the call from the sideline knowing that like if you get this look then you're passing sure. if you get this look then you're handing off we don't know as fans well we don't know yeah you don't know what the call is so yeah. you go up based on what you see in front of you maybe it's not his choice to make it a pass or a run it's based on what the defense is showing you. and it was the right read it was that was a touchdown like I said just barely a little bit behind but uh, again in 35 passes you can say that he had uh, two errant throws and two that were just not as accurate as yeah. it needs to be. Everything else, he's he's putting the ball where he needs to put it. Yeah, it was an overall B plus performance. You're right. Uh, if you you to me, if you want to get up into that A echelon, unless you just do something amazing to you know, I don't know what to say. Like rescue victory from the jaws of defeat. Yeah. You can't have any turnovers. Yeah. You can't be turning the yeah. ball. Over. If he if he didn't have the interception, or if it was a batted ball interception or whatever, it would have been a solid A for me. Yeah. Uh, offensively, overall as a whole, you do rack up 413 total yards. The run game looks decent. Rasheen Ali has 137, but that's about it. Uh, Ethan Payne has negative six yards rushing on the day, which is unfortunate. It would have been nice to have a bigger – cushion of score so that we might have been able to get a look at A.J. Turner. We might have seen Smoke Jones Smoke, get a carry yeah. or two. But uh, Ali uh, delivers, is as advertised. The passing game, I'm I'm not just going to pretend like I don't want to see it. We do want to see more downfield passing. Sure. We do want to see it, but I'm okay with getting the playmakers the ball in space. That's why they're playmakers. Um, but offensively, on the, for this game, what do you got? I got a D-minus. And uh, we sputtered in the first half. Uh, 
and it wasn't yeah. just because of the quarterback. We're playing you, Albany, and we go scoreless in the first half. Uh, there was the unnecessary holding on the Ali touchdown that uh, that changed the whole game. You know, it, we come out and we score there. They are saying, wow, one play, we gave up 73 yards to this guy. This guy's we can't stop this guy. Their confidence started building in that first half, and it was because of a series of things here. We also had a holding on third down where we got a first down. This is still this first drive, by the way. We sputtered in the first half. We had the unnecessary holding on Ali uh, touchdown. That takes that back. And then we're going down. We get a first down. We get a hold on that. That takes that back. Uh, zero points in the first half. Like I said, one for 10 on third down. Yeah. Uh, we had the turnover in the fourth quarter. That's a bad time to have your one turnover is in the fourth quarter. We saw that. It made it a lot more hairy. Second half scoring and moving the ball down the field brings all of that up to a D minus because we we scored quick. Yeah. When we had to, we scored quick. But it that took that and Rasheen Ali's amazing day brought that up to a D minus. We're looking at a, a really close to an F. I mean, I besides Ali and us having those drives that showed how efficient that we can actually move the ball when we need to. It would have been an F. Well, look, if you go scoreless in the first half mm-hmm. with your home opener with yeah. all this hype and every – I don't care if you have your touchdown run called back. You still have to score you. in 30 minutes yeah. at home right. against Albany. So it is unacceptable yeah. to be scoreless and losing at halftime against Albany. Yeah, and the, the penalties there, like I said, I mean, that 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 killed us that killed that drive and it set the tone for what we were doing that first quarter. Yeah, I know. And some folks will say, you know, well, if one play takes all the air out of your sails, then I feel, you know, this, that worries me. Well, it seems like everything we do is going to worry somebody, Sure, but still I'm not going to pretend like it's not okay. It ain't okay. You got to put points on the board against Albany. You've got to be able to overcome that. You're, you were better across the board at every position than they were. Yeah. You have to find a way to exploit that penalties be damned. Holding, whatever, missed calls be damned. It doesn't matter. You have to find a way to get on the board and put something on the board for your fans and yourselves in the first half of that game. Defensively, uh, these guys kept poor Poffenbarger under duress all day long. They did not allow the running game for Albany to get going. Um, They gave up a few fluky plays. You know, you sell out to stop a run on a fourth down. It goes for a big touchdown. You blow a coverage, you get a touchdown. So, Albany made the most of Marshall's uh, mistakes, but there just weren't very many mistakes. I guess if you wanted to get after one more data point, it would be like they didn't create any turnovers. Yeah. That's probably the biggest one. So what do you got for this defense? So I've got um, a C plus, And we had seven tackle, uh, seven sacks, ten tackles for loss. We were, you know, QB hurries as much as we could count. Uh, we held them to 2.9 yards per carry, and that includes that 54-yard run, Right. by the way. Uh, 5.1 uh, per passing attempt, and uh, that includes that busted play for the touchdown. Uh, you take away that 54-yard run, we, on, we gave up less than 250 yards for the game. So all that to say, we had uh, that late hit penalty, gave them a first down. Uh, we could have had the ball back in their territory. Uh, just these penalties, it, it did a lot. And that busted coverage allowing the TD, that brought it down. But a C-plus, if it wasn't for the defense, uh, 
that uh, really uh, good defense in the end zone, you know, right. uh, the pass defense, yeah, things like that. Uh, it could have been a drastically different game. So I'm going C plus. Would have loved to get seen those guys give an A effort. I mean, the effort's there, but the execution yeah. to get the A just was not there. Yeah, and I'd like to add some context to that penalties thing because we keep talking about penalties. The herd only had five, but they yeah. were all freaking costly. They were bad penalties. Yeah, they were all very, very costly. That either took us out of drives or extended something for them. It was just yeah. unfortunate. The the only one, and it was still a bad penalty. The only one that didn't hurt us, hurt us was believe it or not, the running into the punter because they yeah. declined it. Right. You know, uh giving them uh they I heard people in the stand saying, why would they decline that? Well, it was only five yards, and they still yeah. would have had to punt it again, and we nearly blocked it. Yeah. And they did not want that to happen. So Yeah. Uh, special teams, like I said, Verhoff had a rough day as far as field goals go. Have it. We really needed that one to just put a, put a little insurance on the board. McConnell had a great day punting. Mm -hmm. As far as a, a return game, though, uh, Jaden Harrison had a pretty good day, averaged 24 yards per kick return. He had only two, but for 48 yards, a long of 28. Keaton didn't have any opportunities to get a punt going. So what do you got for special teams? I had him at C plus, and uh, that's based on uh, a lot of uh, McConnell. Yeah. You know, McConnell had an A plus game. Yeah. Um, let's talk about McConnell real quick to say why we got an A plus game. Four punts. He had 44, 61, 46, and 35. And the reason it was 35 was because they were kicking from the 35 yard line. Right. And uh, he put it exactly where it needed to be. It was a design punt to kick it to the one inch line. And the guy just happened to be, he looked down, he had his foot on the line into the end zone. He tried to throw it down. Even though you can stand there, it's where the ball is. It was rolled going over and back because when he threw it down, it hit the line and yeah. we got the touchback. McConnell killed it, especially that 61 yarder, man. I mean, that's not what it went in the air. That's 61 yards from the line of scrimmage. He booted that thing, 46 and a half average. Uh, had we pinned them back on the one-inch line, you're looking at, with the pressure that we were doing, a very likely safety <laughs> that also changes that game yeah. drastically right there. So great by McConnell. What brought it down, we had the running into the kicker. Can't do that because if that happens at a different time in the game or we get called roughing, that would have been an automatic yeah. first down drastically different game and uh had a block field goal the block field goal we had two guys coming in on the same defender uh onto that gap you can only block one of those guys the other guy got through he got the hand up block it. Yeah. so c plus on specialty yeah you got to have those when points are at a premium for yeah. the herd you need every point you can get and you know i don't know what we got to do but we that's got to get fixed immediately you know that that because that's a vital part of the game uh coaching Overall, here we go. We got a brand new defensive coordinator we're breaking in. It's Clint Trickett's second season as offensive coordinator. And of course, Huff's third consecutive season opener that does end in a victory. Mm -hmm. But overall, what do you got for the coaching staff? I've got a B minus. And uh, I've got that we had really no bad calls. The only thing that I heard anybody complain about is why didn't we kick a field goal uh, on that fourth and one? Well, we almost had a touchdown. Yeah. Like we talked about. Uh, but also, that's one of those situations, too, where hindsight is your your champion, right? Because let's say that we went for the field goal and it got blocked 
and it got blocked to the point where they return it for a touchdown. What's everybody going to say? Well, you got Rasheen Ali. Why <laughs> didn't you run the ball? Why didn't you do this? Come on, Huff. Why weren't you doing that? So I don't see that there was any bad calls. Uh, they changed it up for the second half. Guys, we scored 21 in the second half, and we had uh, eight plays for 65, three plays for 65. Time of possession on those were not that long. Yeah. It, they were quick. Uh, we, we changed it up. We did what we needed to do. Uh, points off on that was for the game plan just out of the box, just not working at all in the first half. And I'm not even sure that's fair because, like we said, they didn't hold. They didn't pull back a 73-yard a, a touchdown. They didn't take a first down away from us. They didn't have the turf drop a ball that was another first down on that drive. I mean, we probably should have scored with the game plan that we had. It was all execution. So I can't put that on the coaches. Uh, I will say that the execution, just like that punt that you wanted to do to the inch line, that was a great, I mean, decision. Let's put them right there, and we're probably going to get a safety. We're going to get the ball back. This is going to change this entire game. Execution of just an inch of that ball going into the end zone. Um, so I got to be minus. The only thing is, you know, you you could argue, and I don't even know this case. Like I said, it's not fair. It's just the game plan just fell flat and was a bad game plan for the first half. I, I would say that I'm probably, you know, that is not fair to them. You know, execution, execution, execution. I've been saying for weeks since we were doing breakdowns and predictions that what we were going to see in this game was not what we would see moving forward. Yeah. I just felt like, why would you put anything on film for, you know, East Carolina or Virginia Tech or NC State or anybody in the Sun Belt until you absolutely have to. Yeah. And when Huff chose not to release a uh, two deep before the game, yeah. I felt that really drove it home yeah. for me. Yeah. You know, it was like, He's being strategic. Some people thought it was like use a useless thing to do, you know, with the depth chart or everything. But I, I'm like, it's gamesmanship, man. You take every inch you can get to get an edge. So I think you're not going to see the same herd offense against East Carolina. You'll see something different. You'll probably see more of what we looked like when we were scoring touchdowns. Yeah. <clears throat> and yeah, I know fans are going to go, oh yeah, real easy for you to say. Pick and choose what it looks like when we do well. Well, that's what I think we're going to look like, yeah. right? And it's not that it was a bad idea. It's just, it didn't work. Yeah. It didn't work. Yeah. And I don't think anybody was saying until they blew the whistle and threw the flag for that 73 yarder. I don't think anybody was saying, well, they didn't have them ready. Right. Well, they didn't, you know, this was a horrible game plan. You know, it, guys, there were penalties, there was everything. And then that cruel, cruel mistress of momentum just was killing us. Yeah. For a long time, for 40 minutes. Yeah. Until we grabbed the hold of it with a, with a touchdown pass. And we had all the momentum for the vast majority of that. They, we yeah. traded scores for a point in the second half, so it was down and went back to Albany. But we got it right back on a yeah. three-play drive for a touchdown. And then we just kind of kept it. They got a little bit on the blocked field goal, but our defense came right back out there and asserted itself to seal this one away. Yeah. Overall, what do you got for the fans in this one? Well, so let me do two quick things here. Fan experience, I've got to say, because all this stuff is new, I've got an A. And I love the intro and the toned-down ads. I love Ben Westfall and his energy over on the on the sidelines. Uh, great effort from everyone at Marshall that planned this. Uh, man, the, the six flames coming up, the smoke. Green smoke. Green smoke. That was cool, man. Yeah. Um, everything about it. The fans showed up. So I've got an A for that. The fans showed up for a lesser opponent. 
uh, and they largely came back in the second half. They did. Uh, I estimated 80 to 85% of the fans came back in, uh, didn't miss even much of the third quarter right. uh, for, for Albany. You know, and you could have said, well, heck, they're not playing good. I'm going home. We're I'm losing. Going back. Yeah, I'm going back out to tailgate. I'm doing whatever. Most of them came back. Uh, so all that's an A. But separate from that, because I can't put the entire fan base in this, it pissed me off when we were booing the team, the ones that booed, as they were leaving in the hat. It's fine to dis- uh, voice your displeasure. Go do it online or something like that. Here's these guys that you are going to be cheering your butts off for when they're beating someone else. And they're doing this. Do not boo these athletes. You know, holler out, come on, Huff, because he's the head coach. He can take it. He gets paid to do this. And I guarantee you, he can sit down with you and discuss why they do what they do and probably run circles around all of us who are not coaches, right? Mm -hmm. But we have no right to boo the players as they are leaving the field. And that just, that got me. So I'm going to say fan experience and a, the ones that were booing F and I wish there were a lower grade. Yeah. That's unfortunate, man, because I don't know about you, but if somebody's taken the approach to like belittle me, that doesn't make me want to work hard for you. Yeah. You know, that makes me like, fine, I'll just do it for myself or I'll do it for my teammates, but I'm not doing it for you. I'll never get behind that. You know, I, I was, I am not shy about saying I wasn't blessed to be able to perform athletically yeah. like some of these guys. Sure. So who the hell am I to tell them they're not good enough? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, gee, many Christmas. They're out there playing their tails off. That you think they wanted to be down three to nothing no. to Albany at home in their opener? No. Hell no. No. So they go into the in the locker room. Whatever gets said, gets said, and they come back out with renewed vigor. Yeah. And. They start to turn it around. Let's say you were a, a good athlete and you were on this football team and everything, and here you go and you're playing for these fans. You know, you love these fans. We had just talked about we want these fans to show up and be loud and all that stuff, and they boo you going into the half. I'm not saying you come out and you don't want to play hard for them. I'm just saying that's a little demoralized. Sure is. It's, a, you know? it's unfair. Is it, And it, it's not going to motivate you like you said you're already motivated. You want to win. You know, you want to win for yourself, for the team, for the fans and the town, the university, all that stuff. But getting booed like that of, from your own fans, it just, it, it's it, tough. It, it can't, it can't help. It, it's tough. It's like, you only like us when we're doing well then. Is that what it is? No, man. I like, I like, I cheer when they're, when it's rough and I cheer when it's great. Were, and, we, were we cheering when we were in the bottom 10? And yeah. getting two to three wins. Yes. Yes. I knew sure when I would go to games and I knew we had a lead and inevitably we would not be able to stop yeah. whoever was going to go down the field. Yeah. You knew it was going to happen. Yeah. It happened quite a bit. But still, in the bleachers, every game, rooting, didn't matter. I don't know, man. Maybe maybe folks think that's not the way you're supposed to do it or something. But that's just how I roll. Anyway, how do you got – what do you got for this overall um, – experience here. I've got a dead in the middle C and that is because uh, we had a killer tailgate. It was the uh, first game of football in eight and a half months for Marshall. Uh, got to see you coming up here live in person. Uh, other friends coming in from out of town, the Kentucky mash boys throwing a, a great spread down. Uh, I contributed to that a little bit, by the <laughs> way. Um, what do you think about that, Kyle? Anyway, um, 
the product on the field first half was brutal. Yeah. Uh, but we came away with a victory. So I'm putting it dead center in the middle with a C. If we would have lost, it would have been a much lower score, obviously. Yeah. It, it was rough for, you know, the, the tailgate was great. Seeing friends is great. Being back in Huntington, like I said, and just seeing the Kelly green everywhere and the energy that man, I couldn't walk 10 feet without running into somebody else that I knew. Yeah. And it what didn't have anything to do with the podcast. It was, some of it was that, but it was friends and, and folks that I've just known for years. And I got to take an opportunity. <clears throat> I haven't told you this, but we were walking from uh, the Thundercast tailgate over to see my cousins and uh, my wife and I and my son were walking across the West lot and somebody yelled and I turned around and it was a, it was a guy that I've, I'd known from uh, the days when we, our boys were playing little league. <laughs> and I told him I was going to, I was going to talk about this on the show because I got tickled about it. And he said, man, I listen to all your all shows. They're awesome. Uh, I, th I think it's great what you guys are doing for the fans. I, I appreciate it, man. You know, we're having a great time or whatever. He's like, my wife, my wife gets mad at me, man. Cause every time you guys say, you know, we got this ticket or we got that promotion or we got this, the way you can support. He's like, I'm buying whatever it is. And he's like, she's mad at me. And she turned around and she was like, yeah, you've got him buying everything that Marshall's selling over there. <laughs> and I said, well, good. That means it's working. He's like, I'm, I'm sorry that like, you know, personally, he's buying everything, but that means what we're saying to people they're listening to. And that makes me feel good. And I hope <clears throat> the folks in the big green offices <clears throat> at the athletic department are hearing that and saying, like, that's what we hope is happening. Like, yeah. people are hearing that and knowing that they can support us in this way or that way. Yeah. So, uh, Robbie, I appreciate you telling me that. That was really awesome. I, I absolutely had to share that on the show. But this overall weekend has been really great. It has been really really great <clears throat> it's always nice to be back in jonesy edwards stadium the the new video board was great the the videos that they put up the intro videos there were videos played at just certain intervals in the game man that stuff is all great this media team is doing a bang oh, up job man. this year rodney with the camera right at the turf catching that in if yeah. you've been able to see that on social media and everything and then there's a uh, a photo from behind Showing Rodney taking that, and that's a great photo yeah. as well. So they're they are they're killing it. What a team over there that, that we got. We're I think that we're blessed with everything that they put in place over the last couple of years. Yeah, you know, it started out a few years ago. We started out putting really nice hype yeah. videos out, and there was some decent social media content. Mm -hmm. And you know, I know a fella that was doing a lot of that, and and I think that really kind of kicked everything off but man we've just taken it to another notch. Yeah. that's what you gotta have that's sure. what folks want to see yeah. yeah you know with the social media world and tiktok and and instagram reels and all that that's what you gotta have that engages fans and uh they're doing a phenomenal job of that man the overall it was just a really really great weekend in huntington but uh you know my time here is coming to an end because my wife and my son and I were going to road trip down to Tennessee and we're going to visit with my oldest son on our way back to Florida for a couple of days. So uh, that's why you see this set up here. I won't be back home until maybe Thursday or Friday. Um, and we had to get this recap out. So let's, let's start to close out this uh, recap with your offensive MVP. Offensive MVP is Rasheen Ali. He went uh, 18 for 137 and two. Uh, touchdowns. The 73 yarder that got called back is not his fault that there was a hold. That would have put him at 19, 220, and three touchdowns, which is 11.6 yards <laughs> per attempt uh, or carry. 
Uh, he ended up with 7.6, I think it was. 7.7. Uh, seven, seven. No, 7.6, seven, six. Seven, six, yeah. 7.6 seven, yards per carry, even with that one not counting. So, uh, offensive MVP for me. Yeah, I mean, and you picked him, right, yeah. to, to be your MVP overall going into the game. Yeah, but I think I needed him to have eight touchdowns to get my <laughs> – But uh, overall, he's back. Yeah. Rasheen Ali is yeah. back. You can tell by the gear that he hit, he's back. There were a couple of plays that occurred on yard lines that were directly in my line of sight, mm -hmm. and that little burst right at the line, yes. is it is there. Guys. Do you remember what you said when we were doing the rewatch and you said he was running angry was. with a purpose? You could tell he was putting the team on his back, and he was like, hey, bring three guys. I don't care. Put eight guys in the box. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get my 130 on you. Put eight guys in the box, and he was punishing those guys yep. to make them tackle him. Yeah, finishing runs. And that's – you know what? I want to talk about that real quick, too. All of our receivers were finishing runs. Yep. Unless they were getting bumped out of bounds, it was head down and yep. trying to get yep. the hard yard at the end. Look at the 19-yard touchdown by Chuck Montgomery. Uh, they had him. Uh, he spun out of the the tackle. He kept his head down. He he went in for the touchdown. Yeah, yeah. great so, finishing. Excellent job finishing runs by our backs, tight ends, and receivers. Russ, who's your defensive MVP today? So I had Owen Porter, but I have to give an honorable mention to Sam Burton. Like the stats that you were talking about there earlier, he had uh, uh, two and a half sacks. You know, yeah. and was back there seemingly those sacks that he got, he got 30 yards on the two sacks, and that drove them back to where we need them. They were timely, they were great sacks. But uh, I got Owen Porter, he's uh 12 tackles, five solo, one sack, two and a half tackles for loss, and the game sealer game winner was why he got the nod for me as defensive MVP. Yeah, he's my MVP too, and I'm not taking anything away from Sam Burton because that guy wreaked havoc all day long, as did Gibby, as did Tyquez Legs. Yeah. That whole defensive line really had a really good day. Yeah. But it, when you needed the play, like this game is still in question. Albany has one long completion, and then they have an opportunity at the end zone, and here comes 55, blocked out of the play, back into the play, and obliterates the quarterback to steal that game. And I think held as well. Yeah. Uh, there were – that's the only thing. You know, I heard a bunch of people saying it was the worst called game ever. I didn't think it was that bad, but I do think that they were given Albany uh, benefit of the doubt because of how much the rush was. They were letting them hold a little bit. Otherwise, we would have had more sacks and probably changed the outcome of the game a lot. Yeah, well, that, so be it. Yeah. That, you know, the referees are not supposed to impact the – Gameplay on but the it field. happens, and you got to overcome. Yeah. But uh, that that final sack by Owen Porter it was the play of the game. I mean, Rasheen Ali's electric touchdown runs were great. You know, there were some nice passes in there, but that that final sack was the game sealing play, and that was the play of the game. And he's obviously my defensive MVP. That's who I picked as the as my overall MVP, dude. I think we were both right for the first time in a long time. Uh, special teams MVP, who you got? Oh, it's got to be McConnell. 46 and a half. I mean, the one that would have brought that average way, way down was the 35. It's because they were on the 35, like I said, and he put it exactly where he needed to be. He was a weapon here, changing the field, and uh, we are going to need that. Folks, three of them were inside the 20. The one that wasn't was because of the guy stepping on the line and throwing the ball down, and it went for a touchback. That would have been four inside the 20 with one being inside the foot line. Yeah. Yeah. He was killed it. 
very impactful in his in his season opener. Overall, Russ, all you can really say at the end of the day is the the herd is now one and zero with sights set on East Carolina. Uh, something that we learned during post game spaces that neither one of us was aware of. Mm-hmm. The herd has never one in Greenville, North Carolina. So they're looking to make a little history this week against a very unique rival. So if you got, let me have any final thoughts you might have on this game. Only thing is uh, you just said, if we got out with a win, we hung one in the left column and we're moving on. Uh, I don't think that we're going to have any hangover from this because we're going to look at it as we were able to do this. This makes us more aware I mean, you look at it. We had people last year saying we had the hangover from beating Notre Dame and caused this. Well, you can't have it both ways. You can't say, well, now we're going to, because we did this and barely won, now we're going to keep playing like that. I I think that we're going to see a drastically different offense, Mm -hmm. a drastically different game plan, and we're going to see – uh, this game being in the rearview mirror that everyone remembers like, well, it was a close call, but we won. Yeah, just like Walford. Yep. Because <laughs> we yeah. still make jokes. Yeah, because until we started talking about this, uh, show of hands out there, you know, who remembered all the details about Walford? No. I can't even tell you anything. I even got it, you know, I was missed, uh, confusing it here, you know, confusing it with the Terrell uh, – interception to seal the game. Yeah, I just remember that that was a close one that we escaped with, and, and ultimately that's what folks are going to remember about this one. Yeah. Especially, especially if Marshall goes on to just kind of run rough shot through their schedule yeah. and, and put, put up a bunch of wins. But overall, it was a really great weekend in Huntington. The football was ho-hum from an execution standpoint, but, hey, I still contend this was not what – this was all by strategy. Yeah. You know, call me call me crazy if you want, and some people have. Yeah. But we'll see. That's all I'm going to say is we'll see. Um, On the other side of this break, we're going to take it around the herd because there's a lot to talk about from the weekend. But uh, you guys might see a different look Thundercast when you come back. So we're 1-0, looking to go 2-0. So now let's get a quick word from our sponsors at 304carwreck.com. If you've been hurt in a wreck, visit 304carwreck.com on the web or on Facebook. You can't stop a bad driver from crashing into you and making you a victim, but when you're hurt and you try to deal with the insurance companies alone, you set yourself up to be a victim again. Don't be a victim twice. Jason and Matt can't protect you from bad drivers, but they can protect you from the insurance companies. Find them at 304carwreck.com. Hey, we're back, and as you can see, this is not at Son of Marshall, KD (laughs) Hudnall. I'm joined here by Jed Horton in the Ignite Link Studios. Jed, obviously a big fan of Marshall University. He's a partner of us. Heck, let's go ahead and say it. He's part of the Thundercast, right? I mean, we, we can't have it without without Jed. Uh, longtime collaborator, longtime sponsor of multiple things. Any of you guys that have ever watched Thundercast live, powered by Ignite Link, well, it's powered by Ignite Link, right? So, Jed, welcome. Uh, you're filling yep, in for you, KD as he uh, as he travels for the rest of this week, and uh, we're happy to have you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me on. I got some pretty big shoes to fill. I'll. Uh, I don't think you're going to get the gold standard today, but <laughs> if we can aim for silver or bronze, that's, that's what I'm aiming for here. Well, you're already number two. You're you're above me and below him by default. <laughs> so, uh, but no, welcome, welcome. And before we get going on this last segment. Uh, I would just like to say 
a lot of our fans have seen you on here once before. I think we did a, a three-man show uh, back after the bowl game or right before yep. the bowl game. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've maybe seen you on Thundercast Live powered by Ignite Link. But now that it's just me and you here, I would like to take a second and talk about Jed Horton and Ignite Link and kind of what you guys do, but also what you mean to us. So if you don't mind, let everybody know what Ignite Link does, where you're located. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we are located here in Huntington, West Virginia. So I'm actually sitting downtown right now. Uh, Ignite link is a, just to give you kind of the brief, brief overview. We are a managed it, uh, security services company, uh, working with mostly small, medium sized businesses. Uh, we are your one-stop shop for everything it. So we are your consultants, uh, making sure that you're, uh, integrating best security standards for your operation. You know, if you are a medical outfit, as an example, you have HIPAA uh, guidelines that you have to follow. Uh, you know, we're, we're very familiar with those, very familiar with the other standards that a lot of small, medium businesses uh, uh, have to adhere to. And and we work with you as a strategic partner uh, to make sure that everything runs smoothly. The last thing you need is something to crash or, or bring, your business, <laughs> bring your business to its knees. And so we're here to... Uh, to, to, to be a partner with you when it comes to everything IT from the hardware to the software and everything in between. Yeah. And, you know, I joke all the time because what you do for us is not what you just described there. You do something totally different and you're like, Hey, this is not what I do yet. You do it flawless. You know, you allow us to have this remote uh, live tailgate and, you know, all the different ways that you support. You're here right now. You're going to edit this show and get it put out for us and published. And uh, this show would not go on without Jed Horton and Ignite Link. And I would just like to tell all of our people that are watching right now, Jed's a herd fan. He has an office full of herd fans. They're season ticket holders. They go to the games. They go to the tailgates. They're big green members. You know, they they do everything that we talk about here on the show. They found us because they were herd fans and they were looking for content about Marshall. So herd fans like to do business with herd fans. So if you're out there right now and you or anyone you know needs managed IT, give Jed a call because it won't be calling a one eight hundred number or hoping that you know uh someone you've gotten them the second time uh that you know, you've talked to them before, you're going to have someone, you know, from this, and they're going to be part of your team. Absolutely, Russ. And, and that's the biggest piece to this is, you know, there's a face to it, right? So a lot of these things have become very complicated and convoluted. You know, how do you know if you are secure and protected in your environment? You know, how do you know for sure that you're following the right steps and guidelines? And, and there's a lot of people out there will, they'll sell you anything. And it's, it's, the thing that we want to bring to to local businesses uh, in the area is is a face, somebody that can sit sit down with you, and and, and walk you through everything that you need to do. And, and we're here to help you all along the way at a at a very affordable price. Yeah. Well, and it's a as I just said on Saturday, it's a value based on your cost versus what could happen with ransomware or hacking or anything like that. I mean, it, it could bankrupt a business. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Russ, uh, it's the, I, I know personally of several businesses just within the last uh, 
few weeks that have been hit as about last month or so have been hit with ransomware. And it, it's scary. Uh, you don't know if you've lost data, who has that data. And uh, it, it's not going to get better. Uh, it, it's only going to get worse. And taking and, and the measures to take to keep yourself secure are going to become more and more complicated. And, yeah. and, and it's important for businesses to have a strategic partner uh, that can work with them uh, for their particular needs. And that's what we're yeah. here to do. And that's why you need to get you out there listening or watching right now need to get with Jed Horton at Ignite Link. Jed, where can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. You can hit us up on uh, if you on social media, Facebook, uh, just uh, Ignite Link. Uh, if you're on Twitter at Ignite Link, uh, you can email us uh, to go to our website. Ignite.link uh, is the website. Uh, my email address, Jed at Ignite.link. Uh, we try to keep it very simple. Uh, if you want to know the phone number, 304-908-9424, you can kind of see it <laughs> up there. Uh, so I can duck down maybe a couple times during the episode here. And you guys I have to get my old man glasses yeah, on right. to see that. But. <laughs> uh, but we can have all that in the description of uh, of, of the video as well. So yeah. uh, multiple ways to contact us. Uh, feel free to reach out and uh, we can schedule a consultation. All that's free. You know, We'll sit down with you and have a conversation and, and see if it would be a good fit for you and your business. Yeah. Meanwhile, I know it's a good fit for you and me here on the Thundercast. So why don't we, for this final segment here of this show, take it around the herd? What do you got for us? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's start on the softball diamond or close by. Uh, herd softball got a three different commits. Uh, class of 2024, pitcher Aiko Conaway. Class of 2024, uh, another pitcher, Maddie Veal. And then class of 2025, third baseman, Sidney Turner, joined yeah, so the herd I'm, roster. I'm going to take those uh, in order as you said them. And uh, KD uh, tweeted these out earlier. So I'm just going to go over some of the stats are eye-popping that were on there. Let's start out with uh, Aiko Conaway, a pitcher from Haymarket, Virginia, 2024. Uh, then you've got um, – I had no stats from her on that, but he had some here on the next – pitcher Maddie Veal, Noonan, Georgia. And according to Max Preps, Veal went 8-1 and one with a .44 ERA and 90 Ks in 48 innings pitched in 2023. Does that do anything for you? I think it's a pretty good pickup, right? That's what I hear. <laughs> those are decent stats. You know, I, that that's mind-blowing. 0.44 yeah. <laughs> ERA and 48 innings pitched. Yeah, I, I'm trying to do the math on how many runs that would have been earned runs that year, but uh, it's not a lot. Um, and 90 Ks and 48 innings pitched. Sounds like a future ace, maybe? So, Potentially. Uh, yeah. There's some pretty big shoes to fill from last year. Sure is. We've also got 2025 third baseman Sidney Turner from locally here in Wayne County. Turner battered, batted over 600 with 45 stolen bases as a sophomore. It's a herd softball legacy, a two-time West Virginia AAA All-State selection. Second team as a freshman in 2022. First team as a sophomore in 2023. Sounds like three solid pickups and getting them all in one day. Yeah, absolutely. Morgan Zirkel uh, adding to her roster. Be interesting to see uh, this new face uh, softball team as it comes out next year. Absolutely. What else we got? Well, we're going to run on over to cross country. Uh, women finished second in the Virginia Tech Invitational. 
Abby Herring, man, that name sounds familiar, uh, won, the f- <laughs> won the 4K. Uh, Kylie Maston placed fourth with a time of 14 minutes, 23 seconds. Yeah, so is- let's talk about those women. Uh, earlier, you, you weren't here for when we did the five things every herd fan needs to know, uh, brought to you by Ignite Link, brought to you by Jed Horton right here. But we talked about uh, Abby and this run. So now that you're on here, I'll let you hear it as well, and they can hear it a second time on the show. But uh, Abby's 4K time. Previously, she had a uh, career best of 14.41, 14 minutes, 41 seconds. She obliterated her time by 50 seconds in this race. And the next closest person in this race was close to 30 seconds behind her. If that doesn't tell you that she was just flat getting it on the track, um, you know, as we said earlier, that's nothing new for her. This is nothing new for Kylie Maston. Uh, they are well-decorated in cross-country, and they finished second to Virginia Tech here uh, in this Invitational. And now the men? Yeah, so uh, the men, they finished fifth uh, last in the 6K, uh, but three, four, and five were separated only by a few seconds. Yeah. And then Evan White placed the herd, um, herd men finishing se- uh, 22nd. Excuse me, overall. Yeah, no problem. So men finished fifth out of fifth, but again, uh, three, four, and five, they were very, very close neck and neck. And the way that they do this is they add up everyone's individual times on the team, and then that's where everyone places. So Virginia Tech swept. They they won the women and the, and the men. They're on their home track, um, but had a good showing there by both women and men. You got anything on – Abby or Kylie or Evan or the teams in general? Uh, nothing specific. Uh, just uh, congratulations. Uh, it's like you and Russ have talked about. I've, you know, long time listener of the show. <laughs> I am uh, Russ. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but listening to you guys, uh, listen to, uh, to you and KD, um, you know, uh, over, over, you know, long time listener, uh, you know, hearing that a lot of the times, you know, these these runners are working on beating personal some of their personal yes and they and they've been they've been achieving that and that's that's huge that's the only comment i wanted to make uh yeah well so i I looked at the box score on here and had abby just gotten her previous career best in the 4k because she's generally running a different race uh but her previous best i don't think would have placed in the top 25 or it would have been real close uh, for this. So it's one of those where everyone's pushing each other kind of events and that sort of thing. And, you know, the track is different. What are the conditions outside and everything, but to beat the field by close to 30 seconds, (laughs) it doesn't matter what your previous best was. It matters that you're running against all these other people and you're just crushing them. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, and she's doing both, which is, uh, which is great. Both. All right, so, what do we got next? Let's uh, take it over to volleyball. Uh, lost uh, zero to three. Uh, lost all three sets to Moorhead State on Thursday. Uh, beat UNC Greensboro three sets to one um, on Friday, and then lost to Akron three to two sets, and then lost to Coppin State three to two, both on Saturday. And then they will be playing at Eastern Kentucky on Tuesday, the uh, the fifth. 
And then they're going to be also on the road for Furman on uh, Friday the 8th. And then Queens and UNC Asheville on Saturday the 9th. Yeah, so those Saturday games, or matches, I'm sorry, both matches they led, uh, and one they were up two sets to none, uh, and then lost the last three, and then uh, were up uh, two to one or two to, yeah, two to one, I think, and lost the last two. Um, but it seemed like they were turning a corner and going to have, and, you know, it's that close and everything. We, we, we had uh, Coach uh, Ari on very recently and she talked about kind of the new look team and that they had this some of the stats when you look at the box score on here we couldn't go we were doing thundercast live power by ignite link over there kind of while these were going on so we couldn't get over there uh as bad as kd and i wanted to try to walk over there we had to get set up with the food had to get set up that so i'm looking at the box scores and some of these matches and sets we were killing them on kills digs aces that sort of thing just didn't get the points. So uh, good effort all around by our girls and hoping that uh, this road trip, we can come out uh, at least two and two, three and one, or heck maybe even sweep it for, for matches to none. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Moving over to men's golf. Uh, the Joe Feegains Marshall Invitational will be at Guyan Country Club. Uh, Monday and Tuesday of next week. Yeah, we always put up a good showing with that. When you're on your home course and you play it over and over, it's going to be a little bit easier and that sort of thing. Uh, had some recent success with our uh, our guys here in the uh, amateurs and the, the West Virginia Open and that sort of uh, stuff. So anyone that's around, members of the country club, they'll probably be there watching this. So Best of luck to our guys. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Now we're going to move it on over to women's soccer who beat Ohio one to nil at home. Uh, that was on Thursday. And then they weren't finished. They continued their winning ways on Sunday, beating Gardner Webb three nil. Um, and then they have a match at home versus Miami of Ohio. That'll be Thursday, the 7th at 6 p.m. And then they will be hosting Liberty at home on Sunday, the 10th at 1 p.m. Yeah, so they continued their run of uh, scoreless uh, streaks. Uh, Alexis Wolgamuth doing great work there in the box. Uh, picked up a goal by Bailey Fisher, uh, the lone goal there on Thursday, beating Ohio. And then uh, against Gardner-Webb, let's see who we got here. I've got it up. I just need to see here. Picked up a goal uh, near the 25th minute. Uh, Makai Laguinas. I hope I'm saying that wrong. Or right, I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong. Uh, Damari Curry picked one up. And Cassidy Bell. Uh, clean shutout uh, by Wolgamuth. 4-0-1. Uh, on the season. The lone goal they have given up was that uh, scorcher at Indiana State where the uh, heat index was 112 degrees and they had to take uh, heat timeouts and everything. So uh, what a turnaround for this team. Absolutely. You know, uh, getting out, scoring early, but just dominating on the pitch, not giving up uh, only one goal here now in five games. Yeah, that's 
that's huge. And, and in a soccer match, that is really difficult to do no matter yeah. how, how good you are. It's yeah. just, sometimes there's, they, they leak in, <laughs> you know, you get a corner, you know, a header. It's to, to be able to pull that off is, is very impressive. I am very impressed with, with the, with how the girls are playing. So I'm going to put in my, uh, you know, put it, put in the, whatever you call out the jab, but, uh, my two cents here that as these games are, you know, coming back home, go to the games. Let's support mm-hmm. these, you know, the women's soccer team. You know, we're going to talk about the men's soccer team here in a few minutes, but let's, yeah. let's, let's, let's turn out. I mean, these girls yeah. are doing a great job and uh, let's, they need all this fan support they can, uh, they can get. Yeah. It's a good time going to the game. Uh, a lot of people get really into it and we've got tickets to give away. So we're going to be giving away tickets this week for Thursday's game. And, Thursday and Sunday, did you say? Yeah, Thursday uh, yes. and Sunday. Yep, yeah, Thursday so and Sunday. We're going to have uh, tickets to both. And uh, the last women's game, we actually got to give away extra tickets because uh, a fan couldn't go. Something we encourage here on the Thundercast. They couldn't go. They reached out to us and said, hey, can you put some butts in the seats? Absolutely. So uh, there's still time to buy tickets. Uh, they're They're cheap value i should say they're they're a good value uh good entertainment great to take the family uh if you got some girls take your girls uh if you got kids into soccer take them great matches thursday and saturday but let's go down there and keep them unbeaten by cheering our butts off yep definitely well now let's take it over to fifth ranked men's soccer last time Mm -hmm. i checked uh, they continued their run of clean sheets as they beat Xavier, not 1-0, not 2-0, but 3-0 on Friday. Um, and then they have an upcoming matchup against number eight Pitt on Tuesday at 6 p.m. And then they will be hosting High Point on Friday, the 8th, at 7.15 p.m. Yeah, so let's talk about that Xavier game uh, Friday, number five. Uh, team still has not given up a goal three games this year, no goals. Uh, handed Xavier their first loss. Gabriel Parada, the tender, kept uh, kept his uh shutout streak going three for three so far on that. Um, and I, I, I gotta read this quote here, um, by Chris Grassi. It says, We didn't lose any game balls tonight with no hat trick, but the run may continue as long as we're scoring one more than the opposition. Uh, having zero on the board is great for us. We're trying to work well defensively. I thought we got a lot of help tonight from the bench to make sure we kept that clean sheet. Um, it's news when you don't have a hat trick, <laughs> you know, <Right. laughs> a, it, a rare event. They had two in the first two. Uh, Parada did have a couple of key saves. Uh, one was on a free kick uh, at the end of the first half, and uh, he wanted to make sure to let everybody know in his quote that it's not just about him, it's about the team, you know, team defense. And, man, they've been on it on offense and defense. They certainly look like a top-five team. They certainly look like uh, they could be a contender for the Sun Belt Conference Championship and the National Championship and got a big match coming up. Uh, but first, before we get to that, uh, Alvaro Garcia Pasquale scored his second goal of the season. And uh, let's see, we have also uh, Adam Amash. 
And let's see, Pablo Simon in his debut scored a goal. So that's the three goals that we scored. Coming up Tuesday, 6 p.m. on ESPN Plus, they'll be at Pitt, number five versus number eight. If you remember, Pitt was number two, I think it was, when they came here last year. We beat them one to nothing and uh, helped catapult us up in the rankings and everything. Should be a killer matchup, both uh, highly decorated. And I think we have a player that transferred up there. Um, Name is killing me right now because I can't Mm. think of it. But, uh, 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 man. But anyway, that that was something that I was looking. I wish I wrote that down. You can tell I'm unprepared with KD here because he would have said who it was. And uh, yeah, because he would have had it written down if I didn't, but yeah, uh, silver bronze standard over here, Russ. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, (laughs) uh, we uh, we had a a transfer portal, uh, significant uh, player for us went up there, and uh, I know as soon as we stop recording, it's gonna pop right back in, yeah, but uh. Anyway, that will be on, uh, I said ESPN Plus, it's on the ACC network. If you have a, a ESPN Plus, you should be able to get that. Um, but if not, maybe we can find uh, a way for you to watch that at a local sports bar or something like that if you're in the Huntington area. Yeah, yeah, it sounds, um, no, that's great. I, I One of the things that you and I were talking a little bit about this team uh, before jumping on here and uh one of the things that just just blows me away is I just wanted to comment on this was just when when they reference teamwork that you can actually see in the way that they play that there is so much trust mm-hmm. in each other that I, it's it, it's blown my mind. Uh, you know, you and I are talking a little bit about that right state game. Yeah, you know, we were actually able to kind of watch the tail end of that Xavier game together. Um, unable to attend physically, unfortunately, but we we're able to watch it on on ESPN Plus and. Uh, I, I think I think they have a there's a real good potential for a really special team this year uh, that I think could could go the distance. And now that I'm not talking while I was listening to you, I was able to look up that men's roster hey, yeah. up there so I can get it in here. Only mistake we'll ever make here on the Thundercast. Yeah, only mistake. Uh, but uh, Joe Al Souza, who ah, uh, put yeah. put in quite an effort for us over the years here, he transferred up there. And uh, it'll be a little bit of a homecoming as the grad transfer uh, gets to welcome some of his uh, his former mates and also his former uh, coach, Chris Grassy. But I'm looking forward to this. I can't wait. I'm going to have the game on. I'm going to have to tell the kids go out and mow the grass or, you know, right. find some dogs to walk or something so I can get zoned in and not have to worry about them. Yeah, exactly. I had the same things, similar things in mind yeah. for my kids. Yeah, we could we could just put them together and like time to a clothesline, let them run out in the yard or something. But, <laughs> deal, deal. Yeah. I, I think that I think that would work. <laughs> but no, I mean, you know, the, I I have become enamored with the soccer team and everything. Uh, not not a huge soccer fan. They didn't have it where I was at when I was growing up and that sort of thing. But I became a soccer fan. I became a Marshall soccer fan. And uh, I love following this team because Coach Grassy just has them playing. I mean, coming into this, we thought, you know, they've got a good chance at having a, a good year. You know, uh, Matthew Bell uh, picked up uh, Sterngard, and they had 
all these different uh, assets that they added to the team. But that trip to Brazil that they did have them so far ahead. I was talking to a friend of mine this weekend and he said, man, just going down there to that trip and getting to play against the talent that they were playing against and how that got them prepared for this season. They're just already in midseason form or even, you know, dare I say conference schedule or uh, conference tournament form. They're there right now. It seems playing as a team. Oh, absolutely. And that, that does wonders. Uh, they played, uh, and I, I followed it very lightly, but uh, they played the the U-20. Mm-hmm. I'll try to remember who it was, but they played that U-20 team. And it coming out of that, I think I think that's why there was so much hype around the program, around, around this team this year, was because of that trip yeah. and how well they performed while they were there, let alone, to your point, how they – you know, then they're they're meshing. You can see it in the way they play. Yeah, uh, they're already meshing in, in in ways like you said. They're yeah, they're post conference. You know, they're they're tournament ready. I think uh, yeah. already. You're, you're so right, absolutely right. Let's hope they get that win up there, and then we'll welcome yep. them back home uh, this upcoming uh, weekend, and we can watch them uh, continue their dominance. Hopefully, and uh, we will be giving tickets away. Tickets away to that yeah, event so, as well. Yeah, keep watching. Uh, thundercast twitter and thundercast facebook and every now and then we throw them up on instagram as well trying to grow our following over there so uh yeah let's uh hey you got anything that you'd like to say before we get out of here and then i'm going to offer it up to you feel free to throw it back if you don't but if you would like to sign us off and take (laughs) us out of here you can give the old usual uh uh russ living good sign off or you can do your own whatever you want to do but what do you got for anybody anything uh no, 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 no final thoughts, Russ. I, other than I appreciate you having me on for this segment. Uh, it's it's a pleasure working with you guys. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, you know, a lot more to come. So again, just thank you all. Thank you to all the listeners. Uh, to the listeners out there, one thing I would say is, is tell your friends, mm-hmm. uh, share the podcast, uh, share the YouTube channel, especially the other ones inside the Thunder. Uh, that that Katie has mm-hmm. um, sponsored you know, by Ignite Link. The only by- way that only way right, we right. can do it is because of Jed Horton and Ignite Link. Do you guys see a theme here? There, little bit of a little bit of a theme. So, <laughs> but 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 seriously, uh, you know, let's 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 grow. Uh, let's let's grow the the podcast. Let's let's get it to more more listeners. It's I just even a little bit ago. Uh, it's not been that long ago that I I introduced the podcast to somebody that didn't know it existed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's still people out there that don't know. So share it with your friends. We, we appreciate it. Um, you know, not just as a sponsor, but, but as a listener of the podcast, it's, it's great to see uh, the fan engagement that, that you guys are getting, especially the, you know, I love the, the post game spaces and the Thundercast yeah. live and all the different things that, that you guys are, are, are doing for the fans. It's uh, my only request for the fans is let's, let's share it and uh, let your friends know. Yeah, and don't forget, Jed, the official title of that show that you referenced is Thundercast Live, powered by IgniteLink. That's the full title. So, official title. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we can, we can work you in, man, because you you do a lot to help us out. You're here today helping us out while Katie's traveling. Totally appreciate it. For all you guys watching on YouTube, you will notice that it's a little bit different even on my screen. We were different today. We were over uh, in a different location, both of us sharing a microphone and uh, KD and I, and now 
setting everything up back over here, it is not the same. It will look different, uh, but different meaning it will go back to normal the next time you see us. Hopefully that will be at the end of the week. KD and I will hopefully be able to bring you a preview for ECU. And uh, if not, maybe it'll be me and Jet. But whatever it is, we'll make it happen. Absolutely. Other than that, if you see us at the Joan, if you see us at the Cam, or if you see us doing whatever we can to get three different people in two different rooms, three three different rooms, to get this together and edit it together so you can have some content, no matter where you see us, we're going to be saying, go herd. Go herd.